justice reform is something we've been hearing about uh, for the past few years, and it's a big topic out there. You, you know, you had the whole situation with Meek Mill, who had his issues in terms of uh, being incarcerated. So it, it's something that is out there, and this woman is doing some big things with criminal justice reform. Let's bring her in now, activist Chandra Pizalco. Chandra, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Doing I'm well. so glad to be here. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So let me ask you this. First, you know, you're doing big things with criminal justice reform, excuse me. You are a Princeton grad. But along the way, you are in, you were incarcerated for 6 years. Why? Uh, do you mean the charges? I was the charges for which I was uh incarcerated were related to identity theft. But the larger question of why, like how does a Princeton graduate who came from a relatively affluent background uh, end up in prison, I tell people a lot of times, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out myself, but it's kind of a a brew, a mix of white privilege, a broken system, and my not understanding exactly what happens to people who lose power, either through the fact that they are a different color than other people or they have – had economic difficulties and they're poor, um, I really didn't understand what was happening in this country. And if I had, I probably would have been able to manage my case and my incarceration a lot better than I did. Now, you spent six years in prison. During that time, you wrote a lot. You wrote a lot for many different publications. But how would you describe your time in prison? I would describe my time in prison as both illuminating um, and kind of unusual. I'm actually still appealing my convictions, but I still think I needed to go to prison because I was rather self-centered. It it was a great cure for brattiness, (laughs) Um, even though it might be somewhat extreme, it's very effective. So um, I learned a lot. Um, I also learned a a lot about myself. Uh, So I would say that my time was productive, but I should also add that that's kind of unusual. A lot of times people don't have I don't want to say it was a positive experience, but as productive an experience as I did because there are, like, they have children they've been separated from or other problems. I didn't have, I was lucky in that respect that I didn't have to worry about those, those family situations and, and other problems that people have. I read where you had anger issues, and, and during your time in prison, you kind of worked through those anger issues. Talk about that. Uh, It's funny where it started. I actually started to work on that when I was in solitary confinement. So the only person I could face off with was myself. Um, And I had to turn that anger towards myself. um, And I realized that if I didn't do that and kind of look inside myself, I wasn't going to get any better. Um, Prison is, is an opportunity, whether it's just, whether the system works or not, it's still an opportunity for you to better understand yourself. So um, it was really me kind of, talking myself out of bad behavior. So being in solitary confinement, uh, there's a lot of people who have not been in solitary confinement. How would you describe being in that particular situation? Describe it as um, a slightly larger coffin because you are cut off from um, normal human contact. Uh, There's really nothing for you to do. There's no reading material. There's no TV. There's nothing for you to occupy your mind. Uh, other than just be sitting in solitude. I know there are a lot of people out there who think, oh, that sounds like almost like a vacation uh, because you wouldn't have to deal with anyone else. But it really can turn your brain to mush. Uh, I don't think people really understand what extended periods of time without human contact is like. 
Um, and also there's a, a downside that is talked about a, lo a lot less, you know, in terms of the solitude is the lack of bathing. You can okay. only bathe maybe three times a week in when you're in solitary confinement. So you're actually like kind of like festering in this little tiny cell. Wow. Did you almost feel like a caged animal? Yeah, it's hard. Using the term caged is weird for me because it's, so, it's solid doors. So I never felt so much caged as I did buried okay. alive, right? Because there's no light. Um, there's, you know, only a small window outside of your cell. There's a little, they call the beat slot, which is a, an op door opening on your door, your cell door, so that they can pass in food. I mean, you are really, like, you know, sealed off from the society that is jail, and then jail is, you know, sealed off from society right. at large. So you're, like, double buried when you're in solitary confinement. We're talk to that, talking to activist Chandra Bazelko. So you're not the stereotypical picture of criminal justice reform. You know, obviously you're a white woman. That's not the picture of criminal justice re reform. So what made you take this on? Just the things that I witnessed when I was in the system, um, even starting with the way crimes are prosecuted, the incarceration aspect, and then also reentry. I don't think I could waste the, my education and my privilege witnessing all these injustices and not saying something about it. Um, I think that would be a make the time that I spent incarcerated and even before fighting the, my charges and c coming out and trying to get a job, I, that would make it a waste of time. So I'm trying to make all of this experience something useful, not just for myself, but for other people. So that's why I kind of just flung myself into reform because I have information that a lot of other people with my background don't have. Now you did, your work did get the governor of Texas to comply with the Prison Rape Elimination Act. That's big. But give us a few other things that you're looking to change in the criminal justice system. Uh, my, because I was um, incarcerated in Connecticut, which is one of six what they call unified states, which means both sentenced and unsentenced inmates are housed together. I got a bird's eye view of pretrial detention for six years. So I am extremely passionate about the conditions in which people who are technically still innocent are awaiting trial the conditions in which they live. Um, it's extremely hard to access counsel when you are, you can't afford bond or you're incarcerated pre-trial. It's also, you have to travel to court in a very dangerous Freddie Gray-like van um, that literally endangers your life every time you have to appear before a judge and, you know, advance the proceedings against you. Um, so I, that's, I'm very passionate about that. And I'm also very passionate about prison discipline Okay. Inside the, you know, people have to behave while they're in prison, as they do in society. But the prison discipline system is so broken and corrupt that I don't think many people would re really even believe um, what's happening within it. There's a reporter down in Texas who's also formerly incarcerated who just uncovered a story where guards were planting screwdrivers in inmate cells just to get wow. them in trouble, and they've been arrested. So. Thankfully, the power of the press was there to, um, sure. you know, create some justice. But there are tons of situations like that where people are set up by not-so-great guards who work in the system. And there's really no recourse that they have, none at all. Let me ask you this. Obviously, with, with private prisons and, and everything, there's a lot of people making a lot of money off of prisons. I mean, so can it really change when people are making a lot of money off of it? Probably not. Um, I think there was a recent study that said there's as many as 3,100 companies who somehow 
make some money off the system of mass incarceration we have in this country. Um, we shouldn't be mixing capitalism and justice. Those two things really aren't supposed to go together. Um, and that's not a, a, a slight on capitalism or even, you know, the pursuit of justice. It's just this, these two things were never supposed to operate um, synergistically like this, like they are right now. So, yes, removing a profit motive from this entire system can help bring it down. But there's also prosecutors need to change their minds about the time, type of punishments they seek, the type of cases they actually decide to pursue. So money is a big part, part of it, but also the discretion at the front end is another huge area where we need reform. So let me ask you this. You know, just talking to you, it seems that, you know, and you kind of said it, you almost needed to go to prison to change you. Is this a case where you found your true calling? I would say so, um, but it's also was um, I call this what I'm doing right now my 911 call. If you were in a burning building and there were children and women and men um, inside with you and you managed to get out, you would not say, oh, thank God I'm out. Let me just go out about my business. You would say there are still people in there. It's burning. I need to call the fire department. I need to call emergency services. I need to go maybe back in and try to pull some people out. This is my emergency response because that is how bad criminal justice is right now. It's We're in a burning building, um, and there are people locked inside. Wow. We're talking to Chandra Bazelko. So let me ask you this. I, I know you've done some big things with your blog, Prison Diaries, and, and I was reading through them, and, and I saw somewhere where dating, in, in terms of how difficult dating could be for a person coming out of prison. Talk about that. How's that process been for you? Actually, very unusual. Um, I didn't. I thought about it while I was inside, like, who will even talk to me when I get out? But um, it was funny. When I first came out, I had never been on social media. I went to prison in 2007, and Facebook wasn't even really popular then. Uh, Twitter existed, but nobody was using it. Instagram hadn't even been, like, conceived. So I, I was completely new to social media, and there is a, like, I guess an underground movement of men who are uh, particularly attracted to formerly incarcerated women, and not for good reasons. So I was getting messages from all over the world, literally, saying, I'll fly you to come see me. And I thought to myself, I'm not this desirable. This is a little crazy. Why is this happening? And I started to look into it, and there's a complete fetishization of incarcerated women and women who've come home from prison. Um, there's actually an author who's writing a book about it. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that I would be such a novelty to people and in not a good way. Um, I have found that it's easier for me to share my experience with somebody else who's been in the justice system, um, which can make things, you know, like a little bit more complicated if both people have a record, you know, neither of us can, you know, get into certain places or get right. certain licenses. But um, so I, I have found that, that the easiest way to get back into a social situation is to do it with people who have similar experiences. But it's a very, it can be a very dangerous world, especially for women who are coming out of prison. So basically what you're saying is you, would, you prefer to date others who have been previously incarcerated. Yeah, it's just it's, all that trauma I don't have to explain. I don't have to explain, like, the vagaries of the system and how things can happen. Um, like when I have talked to other people, men who, uh, you know, uh, they want to know things about how, what the food is like in prison and does this happen are, and are there pillow fights, really kind of silly questions. And when I'm around people who have some justice involvement, they don't ask that. It's almost like it's understood and we can get to other, you know, 
ways right. of getting to know each other sooner. Are there pillow fights? No. <laughs> Basically, the, so, very often there are no pillows. Okay. You got pillows late in my sentence. You had to buy them, and they were inflatable, plastic, like almost like balloons. So, yeah, okay. there are no pillows for, for health reasons, lice, and other infestations. Right. So, prison diaries. You're doing big things with that. You won awards for that. Talk about that. Yeah, I, um, I, I honestly didn't even know if people would read Prison Diaries when I came out. Um, it was a column that I started while I was inside, and it ended up getting canceled. And I'm pretty sure it's because the guards where I was incarcerated dislike the idea that I was talking about them in a public way because the mass incarceration also, like, thrives off of secrets and a lack of transparency. So when I brought a little bit of sunlight into the facility, they didn't like that. But even though the, the column was canceled, I kept writing, and then I thought I'll just release each piece of writing uh, once a week. So I didn't even know if somebody would read it, much less hand it an award. So it's been very gratifying, and I'm really actually kind of proud of the people who bestowed, the judges who bestowed these awards on me, because they didn't let the fact that it was a you know prison writing or someone who has a criminal record, that didn't disqualify me to, you know, be considered for these, like, really prestigious awards, the National Society of Newspaper Columnists, um, National Federation of Press Women, the Webbies, you know, the, the, these were big things, and I really never imagined that I would be uh, considered in that way when I came out of prison. So where can fans find information about all the great things going on with Chandra Pazelko? They can go to prison-diaries.com. That has all of the prison diary entries. And it also has um, more information about my background and also links to things that I've written, you know, criminal justice commentary that's gone to national publications and caused some shifts in policy. It's all there for people to learn about me. You can learn almost more than I know about myself is probably on uh, prison-diaries.com. <laughs> Sounds good. Chandra, absolute pleasure talking to you. We wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Take care of yourself. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye.